Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one Detective Conan Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me for episode 101, we finally crossed the milestone. It's a new era of the podcast, but Colleen's still here, so it's still gonna <laughs> suck. That's right. Sorry, everybody. So today we're talking about episode 175 of the anime, The Man who was killed four times. That seems like uh, three times too many. Yeah, but what an awesome title. It just like makes you wonder what's going on. It's not like he's a cat, you know? He doesn't have nine lives. Apparently he doesn't have four lives. I guess he had three. Yeah, although nine would have been impressive. Like, from what we've learned from this case, like that man's head would have to withstand a few more blows and uh, we're also covering the live action drama so we'll, we'll cover file three of that the court the court murder case behind closed doors exposed the hostess's uh murder trick so this is the one with eerie and finger guns and uh you know i'm actually gonna jump into that one first because i i can't wait to talk about finger guns in live action area. So we're going right. to switch it up and do that first. Okay, this is exciting. Yeah, that originally aired July 21st, 2011. So we're back in that white room, which is the uh, framing device for the whole series. And a loud noise starts ringing. And that's when Shinichi remembers that the July 9th case, and he says it was when Eri was a murder suspect. Kagura calls it a disgusting day. And then we go into the mind of Kogoro. It's like the flashback zooms in on his forehead. So we're going inside Kogoro's mind here, even though he misses most of the case. I do not want to go into his mind. So we initially meet Eri, and she's putting on a deep red lipstick, which she says helps her get into the fighting spirit. And she says today is for revenge. She then tells her daughter whatever happens today... Don't be frightened. So, Colleen, do you have, like, different lipsticks for how you're feeling? Do you have, like, a fighting spirit lipstick, a casual, easygoing, carefree <laughs> lipstick? Give us your lowdown there. Uh, I'm afraid I'm quite boring. I don't wear lipstick. Wow. Boring is Indeed. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that, that bit didn't go very far. I wear, uh, I guess, uh, lip balm or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah. I wear chapstick. Just chapstick. <laughs> There's no color to it. I mean, I like the mint one, if that makes any uh. difference. In the lobby, Shinichi is looking at flowers on his phone, and Eri says, She'd like underwear, deep red ones. In foreign countries, it's normal to give your lover underwear for a present. She offers to go shopping with him, but Shinichi says, Ron isn't his lover, and this isn't a foreign country. And then she says, Then anything's fine. It's a man's habit to be unclear. However, she warns him against giving her food, as you don't express any passion at all with that. And says that he'll lose Ron by doing that. So this is quite the conversation here. And I gotta get your thoughts on a few things first. Uh, 
let's go into the fashion corner for the week. <laughs> Deep red underwear. Approve it or not? Uh, sure. I mean, it's whatever anybody likes, I guess. I'm, I get some into the I fighting spirit. Approve of this. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to put it. Red lipstick, red undies. Yeah. Aries really going with a theme here. So what should Shinichi get wrong? Maybe something to do with karate. Maybe she would appreciate that. Um, I'm not really sure <laughs> what uh, exactly. He, could, he can't really get her a... Um, I don't know, maybe like something to tie her hair back with so she can... So it'll be easier for her to uh, do her karate. Her hair doesn't get in the way. Something like that, maybe. Um, I don't think I would recommend getting lingerie. In fact, this whole conversation was rather bold. <laughs> like, I, I I, couldn't believe that this is what Ari was suggesting. And I don't know if anime Ari would do that. Um, but maybe she does in a future episode, and I just don't know about it. Well, she's a very bold woman, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, so, just going on a bit of a tangent here, did you, how how did you feel about uh, live-action Aerie, like the actress portraying her? It's, she seemed like a whole different character uh, at first, but I feel like uh, by the end of the episode, we understand why she's kind of acting weird there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. She was playing 4D chess. <laughs> I, I will say, the the deep red panties is quite the gift suggestion. Yeah, is that something that uh, you think Ron would like? I think so. You know, when uh, Conor McGregor would fight, he'd tell his opponents that once they get their, their paycheck, it'd be red panties night at the household. So maybe Shinichi was going to fight Conor McGregor and Ron could... <laughs> wear the red panties you know never know yeah maybe and yeah ron would probably like anything that shinichi gave her uh she'd totally be embarrassed by the by this uh underwear gift though i don't know if, but uh, would she like anything what if he gave her food there's no passion in that and i, I like how Aries <laughs> definitely talking from experience that like kogo is like you're cooking so bad here's some food or something and then she just held a grudge ever since yeah I wonder if it would work that way, since Ron's cooking is good, or at least decent. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever complained about it in the show. So, would she be insulted if she, Shinichi got her food? Shinichi then asks Eri what the first present that Kogoro gave her was. She shows him the lipstick and says that Kogoro didn't choose anything, she picked it out, and he just bought it. Ron then shows up, and they enter the courtroom, where Kogoro also is... He says that he was called here for his precious Reika Chan's trial, and he wonders why they're here. He asks Eri if she's Reika's lawyer, which causes her to stick her finger in the Kogoro's head like a gun, and she says, if you call out that name this time, I'll kill you. So, uh, quite the lover's reunion here. Yeah, a threat right off the bat. It just, uh, seems... Like, a, an extreme version of Kogoro and Eri. The lawyers in Reika arrive in court, and Kogoro cheers on his Reika-chan, much to the disgust of his wife. Well, what do you think about Kogoro just uh, fawning over this woman while his, uh, like, sort of estranged wife is just right there? 
Um, it was it was pretty ridiculous. I couldn't tell if he was doing it to make Ari jealous or if he really didn't care about her feelings and was quite you know enamored by Reika Chan, and uh, if that if like he was he was going for like a quasi relationship. Like, it, it's all the more funny later on when he gets all up in arms because Ari had a supposed affair and look what he's doing. We learned that Reika is a hostess at a snack bar called Mint Rose. While working on May 28th, she was arrested for allegedly stealing 10 million yen from the safe at her workplace. She denies the charge and says that she has an alibi and that Eri is a witness. The prosecutor is Kamikawa Takumi, while the defense attorney is Shinya Uchida. Before the case starts, the mama of the snack bar, Itana Masako, comes up to Kogoro. And she says that Reika is a lying cat burglar. She asks why he supports her, and Kegger says Reika can't be the criminal, since I, the great detective whose name reverberates around the world, Kegger Mori, have come. I will immediately solve any kind of mystery. I love that this is before, like, Kegger has actually, like, solved a bunch of high-profile cases, but he's already completely <laughs> full of himself. Like, uh, it shows that his ego was always there, and it isn't really a new thing now that like Conan's helping him. Yeah. It's uh I guess it's pre washed up Kogoro too. Cause that's kind of where the anime starts and you get a sense of like Kogoro hasn't really had any jobs recently. But I don't know, maybe Kogoro had a a flourishing career as a PI before Conan showed up. Cause he's not with the force right now, is he? No. No, okay. Just wanted to make sure. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> his ego is definitely still there and uh, just as funny as ever. Kegre then loudly laughs and he sits back down after embarrassing his daughter. They establish that Mint Rose was robbed at around midnight. They ask Eri where she was as the defendant claims that she was at the same place. Eri says she was in Hidacho at a love hotel. And Reika says, I saw you. You were there with some oily old man, and Kogoro is completely shocked, and he yells out, That's an affair! <laughs> a legitimate betrayal! Uh, <laughs> so Kogoro's reactions here are so funny, and I took a screenshot of just, he's in the background losing <laughs> his mind while Eri is just completely composed. I thought the actress for Eri did a very good job of just, uh, like, giving that kind of cold, confident uh, demeanor that she has in the anime. So I thought she nailed that aspect. And Kegura is just the best actor of the series. And he's just so over the top <laughs> and so much in pain over this wife that he'll act like he's completely over uh, supposedly having an affair here. Yeah, the actor that uh, portrays Kogoro has probably the easiest job as well because he can just do whatever he wants he, ha he doesn't need to hold back at all and the more he actually lets loose the better it is um i agree with you uh about uh, airy um like they even because of the way that they um um like did her hair and everything like she even looked the part so i was really buying this performance like to me she was like a great choice for live actionary. The hotel is called Peach Peach, and they have security camera footage proving that she was there. 
And Rekha says, I was really surprised that some dirty old man and the beauty lawyer would be going into a love hotel. And then she starts taking shots at Aries. She says, no matter how pretty she may be, a middle-aged woman just doesn't get her pick of men. How pitiful. Aries says she was already in the area. And then Kerger is just in pain here. And he's he says, even though you have a fine and handsome husband to go off with another man, did you think I would forgive you for that? Think of Ron's feelings. and He's in so much pain here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, that did remind me that Aerie was the one who left Kogoro, right? It wasn't the other way around, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see why Kogoro was hurt. Um, it's also, I was surprised, at least, as to, like, how were the judges allowing this conversation... Or not conversation, I guess it was just <laughs> Reika blathering on. Like, why, why did they let that happen? Usually they're just like, you know, order in the court or whatever, but nope. Nothing like that. For drama purposes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Reika says she's much prettier than Eri, and Eri asks at Uchida what's going on as she went out of her way to testify for her sake. Uchida apologizes, but Reika says it's the truth. Eri confronts her, and she says, If you talk any further than this, your own words will take your life. Reika asks if she'll kill her, which causes Eri to make a finger gun pointed at Reika and say, Yes, then as you wish... Bang. And as she says this, a loud noise goes off, and Eerie screams and falls to the floor. We then see a bullet hole through Reika's forehead, and the body collapses afterward. What the fuck wow. is going on here? Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I just saw that. was so intense. <laughs> so I got a lot of questions. I don't think I ever it really gets addressed. But the whole murder here is kind of, like, dependent on Eerie making a finger gun. Is this, the, is this something she does, like, every case? Where, it's like, when, where, no matter what she's doing, she's gonna threaten to shoot somebody with her finger gun? Like, this blows my mind. Right, and the fact that they were taking it seriously, too, they're like, well, there was no other possible explanation. It had to be the finger gun. Like, it just seemed so painfully obvious what happened, given the direction the bullet came from, but, like, it took them a whole you know, investigation to figure it out. Kegura confirms that Reika is dead, and Eri says it couldn't be helped that she died. And that Kegura has defied her as well. She threatens to shoot him with her finger gun, too, and asks who will be next. She points at the two lawyers, and then Shinichi interrupts and says, that's an interesting trick. He asks Eri to shoot him with her gun, which causes Ron to ask them both to stop joking around. There's a moment here where I... Ron was legitimately scared that her mother was going to shoot Shinichi (laughs) with a finger gun. How ridiculous is this? That's what I'm saying. Everyone took this as a serious weapon. (laughs) I don't know why. Kegura calls his wife an adulterer who kills and asks if she was that lonely without him. Well, no, she's in the love hotel. (laughs) She wasn't lonely at all. I love how Kogoro, like, that's the thing that he's harping on. He's just like, well, obviously you miss me way too much. Eri walks up to Shinichi. She puts her finger on his chest and asks what presents he's picked out in his head. And she says, the expectations hidden in a present are etched into this fingertip. If you choose something poorly, I'll kill you. Shinichi says he'll leave Eri to Kogoro. And he tells Kogoro... 
You should kill your wife. <laughs> this is the weirdest episode, right? Yeah, it's pretty weird. The dialogue's just out of whack. <laughs> Kegura then says, however alluring I may be, you shouldn't have killed her. Not her. And Kegura blames himself for uh, causing these two women to fight. And he says, two women fought over me, and one of those women died. I can't forgive my allure. And that's when the judge is finally... His limit has been tested too much, and he has Kogoro taken away. Yeah. <laughs> After all of that, it's Kogoro that gets booted out of the courtroom. Shinichi says he can't understand her attitude, then leaps over the barricade, and he asks the judge to have Eri arrested right away, as she's the prime suspect in the murder of Rika. What do you think about Shinichi accusing her? Um, so, although I... I kind of felt like I knew what was going on uh, with the bullet and all of that. I wasn't really sure, like, where Shinichi was going with this. I was, I was a little alarmed because it kind of made it, like, it gave off the impression that Shinichi didn't believe Aerie at all. Um, so, in that respect, I guess they tricked me. Mawako's... Mawako uh, Sato arrives to investigate, and she confirms Reika, uh, Reika died instantly. That's when we see our boy, Wataru Takagi, the live-action version. Yeah. He arrives. <laughs> He's go. just as cool as ever. And uh, he immediately starts with his incompetence because he says he can't find the murder weapon. <laughs> oh, he's a boss. He had one job, Takagi. <laughs> He says it's impossible to bring a gun into the courtroom, and Sato wonders if it was a metal tube with a detonator. They talk to the prosecutor, Kamikawa, who calls Eri's behavior bizarre. Eri then says she didn't kill Reika, and that common sense says she can't kill somebody with a finger gun. Yeah, but everybody's taking it seriously. I like when she was pointing it around. Like, the prosecutors were like, no, don't shoot. I'm like... <laughs> oh my god. Like, during that moment, I swear, she could have took a hostage via finger gun and everybody would have been like, stand down. So, it was also weird for Ari to even be doing that. Like, it doesn't seem like something a serious woman like her would do. <sighs> and Ari asked Takagi if he's going to write in his report that a human's index finger was the murder weapon. And... Takagi's like, I mean, I was, but I, I guess not now. <laughs> it, like, scratches it out from the report. <laughs> Ron asks Shinichi if her mom is the criminal, but the mama, Masako Itano, says she might have done it as her and Reika had a huge fight over Kogoro. We then see a flashback of them fighting in the club, and my favorite moment is when, like, Kogoro tries to intervene and they both just punch him at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see the truth and it wasn't just like them fawning over Kogoro as he believed it to be that establishes a murder motive for Eri and Ron mentions that her mom said she was going to take revenge today however she believes her mother is innocent Shinichi then asks to see the security footage and says that Eri is trying to hide something in it Uchida says he didn't tell Reika to make the rude remarks that she did and doesn't understand why she was so upset the video shows Eri there and says that Reika's alibi has been proven. Shinichi asks who the man is and Eri refuses to answer. 
Shinichi puts the clues together and says that all that is left is to prove the truth. Shinichi says Eri killed Reika so that the video wouldn't be disclosed to the court as it was evidence of her adultery and her divorce would be made definite. What would it, what if this was actually true? What if, what if this was retconned in the detective pan in history, Colleen? That, like, not only did Eri kill somebody with a finger gun, but she cheated <laughs> on poor Kogo. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't see that being possible. Like, this whole bit about her, you know, killing somebody because she was afraid that her adult, like, her affair was going to be exposed. Yeah, I I wasn't really buying it. I was just waiting for the punchline. Ari laughs and she says she could divorce Kogoro at any time she wants, which is quite true. Then why doesn't she, <laughs> is the question. Well, there's still, there's, there's something there, I guess, maybe. Eri <laughs> calls her incident in the club with Reika over pride, and Ron yells at Shinichi for suspecting her mother. She says Eri is always right, a perfect mother that wouldn't commit a crime. And Shinichi says, does the perfect woman go to a love hotel with a suspicious man? Eri says her daughter is right, and that she's not a criminal. Shinichi says that when Eri fell down, it was to pick up the weapon that she had dropped. She then picked a quarrel with everybody so she could do some sleight of hand. Eri asks for evidence, and he says that she's still holding it, and asks for a body search to be done. Sato does the search and says nothing was found. However, the prosecutor, Takumi Kamakawa, says there's one place she could have hidden it, and he asks her to untie her hair. So this is like the first thing the prosecutor does here he immediately knows where the uh the weapon should be and i thought that was really suspicious is this when you were like oh it has to be him or did you already think it was him since of the direction of the uh yeah uh a little bit i kind of was thinking that maybe somebody else appeared and had an actual firearm (laughs) or something like that uh but yeah this is kind of when the spotlight spotlight was shown on him um i just wasn't sure as to what the gun actually ended up like what it looked like i kept thinking that it was going to be like a conventional pistol right no it's like a lipstick gun it's something yeah (laughs) it's like straight out of a spy movie yeah this was a weird episode i mean again this just shows that these aren't detective stories these are you know, dramas that just happen to have murders in it because it's Detective Conan. But, like, there was no focus on anybody but Eerie and, like, Reika and Kegro here. Like, the other, like, the two other uh, attorneys that were there, the defense attorney and the prosecutor, like, they couldn't have received less uh, screen time until, you know, when it was time to make the deduction. They were very much just kind of there off in the corner and not really like if it was a regular mystery you'd get more time with them you know like right in the so you could actually like follow along and maybe try to solve the case on your own but in this the way that it's set up it's really like okay shinichi's gonna tell you what happened and you don't really have a um any opportunity to participate here yeah it's not a bad thing it's just very different and it's interesting to see how they would adapt it for you know live action compared to the the anime and such i mean obviously yeah, you can no, still do totally a detective fine. story but uh it's it's interesting seeing these characters in a very different setting you know the drama 
uh, writing and such. Yeah, and with Shin- and with Shinichi still being his seventeen-year-old self, like he doesn't have to jump through as many hoops as he would as Conan. So um, there's another aspect that it's basically like that whole uh, like his trial and error kind of stuff is all stripped out of these live action episodes like you don't even need the Kokoro is really diminished to the comedic relief in this and then he he's not really needed for any of the sleeping Kogoro stuff Aerie unclips her hair and something falls to the ground prosecutor picks it up and says I found the deadly weapon Shinichi asks if that's really the weapon but the prosecutor opens it up and it's just regular lipstick that she shared earlier and Shinichi says, at last, you've revealed you're at fault, haven't you, Prosecutor Kamikawa? So he did it, Colleen. Oh, dang. The up, upstanding prosecutor. Now you may, now you like start wondering, okay, what's his motive? What do you do it for? Shinichi says that the criminal investigation report shows that the weapon was a metal two of some sort, and nobody knew the dimensions. Only the criminal would conclude that the Deadly weapon was lipstick. He says the real weapon is in this, and that's when he opens the VHS case to find another lipstick in it. What remains in this court is just the guy with the one and only truth, Shinichi says. That's not the catchy uh, one-liner you think it is, Shinichi. (laughs) I mean, you have to, like, squeeze it in there somehow. Shinichi reveals that Kamikawa made a gun from the same tube of lipstick that Eri had and then smuggled it into court. He waited for Reika to make a fuss, and then he fired the gun. He then rolled the gun to the witness stand where Aerie was. I guess he was just lucky that Aerie was doing finger guns at that very moment. He was like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe I got this lucky. <laughs> like, what was his plan? If he didn't know Aerie was going to do that, I don't know what his end plan was. Like, he was just going to fire it off and be like, well, Aerie did it. I guess. Uh, so Eri, once he rolled it there, Eri thought it was her lipstick, but she noticed it was strangely hot when she picked it up. She then understood that if her fingerprints were left on it, she'd be framed, which is why she acted suspiciously and gave a signal to Shinichi. The speech that she gave him meant to use his head, and the present was a metaphor for lipstick, the fingertip meant fingerprint, and when she said, if you choose something poorly, meant deadly weapon. Uh, Shinichi somehow understood this message and knew that. <laughs> I think he when, was the uh, only one who could get that. Yeah. And he knew that when the uh, murder weapon wasn't found, that the criminal would give themselves away. So he also, like, stored the... <laughs> so she gives him that lipstick. That was the murder weapon. So he's just, like, withholding evidence this entire time, which I'm pretty sure is a crime. <laughs> Yeah, but you've got Takagi on the case, so I'm pretty sure he doesn't mind. As Kagura was making a fuss, she gave Shinichi the actual weapon, and he hid it in the video case for safekeeping. Ron is relieved to hear this and says she was worried. Kamakawa asks for evidence, and Eri asks him to explain the mystery of the lie that Reika told. Shinichi says Reika wasn't in front of the Love Hotel at the time of the crime, as she was stealing the money. Eri then asked Kogoro to be brought back to explain the dirty old man she was with. Ta- uh, Kogoro makes the most amazing introduction here. He says, Ta-da! Thanks for waiting, ladies and gentlemen. I am the famous and great detective Mori Kogoro. It was so amazing. 
And it fell so flat with all of the other characters. <laughs> and then look at the false evidence, which is of Kogro. And Ron's shocked. She says, the man you went to a love hotel with was dad? That's worse than adultery. <laughs> I mean, okay. Ron should be happy about this. Kegra remembers it and says this was the time Reika dumped him, so he got drunk and called Aerie. And Ron says, Dad, you're the worst. Aerie says Kegra was a regular at Reika's store, so if she had witnessed them there, she would have just said so. Instead, she acted like she didn't know who the man was. That means that Reika didn't actually see Aerie and that she'd learned about this video from somebody else. That being Professor Kawakawa. Shinichi then brings up that Kamikawa was in charge of a tax evasion case against the Peach Peach Love Hotel recently, and he's the only person that could have given Reika this information in advance. Eri says that Kamikawa was receiving unlawful money from Reika. Kamikawa loses his cool, and he yells, She was completely evil! And, uh, we didn't see a flashback of them screwing, uh, screwing. And he says, she was totally mad about me. I was doing well with a lover. Money coming in and a promotion at work. My life was overflowing with good fortune. But then that bitch, she was arrested. And she put her hand out. She said if she didn't get her... uh, uh, I'm done doing the voice. Uh, She said that if he didn't get her... (laughs) She said that if he didn't get her out of prison immediately, she would reveal everything that happened. And he says, The biggest blunder of my life was getting caught up with that ill-natured woman. And then he's like, A great man like me, she should be expected to die. What'd you think about this guy? He has, uh, he might have more of an ego than Kogoro. Oh yeah, what a pompous jerk. Like, I... I was actually fine with him at the beginning of this episode. I thought, okay, cool. We've got like this uh, intellectual prosecutor on the other side of the table. Um, I would be okay with him, you know, winning the case. But yeah, after these remarks and the whole backstory bit, I'm like, yeah, never mind. Ari does what she does best, which is uh, belittling men. And she says, you're no different than any other criminal anywhere. You're just a tiny, stupid man. And so he he falls to the ground in shame, and he's arrested by Takagi and taken away. Eri apologizes to her daughter for making her worry. Ron says she never lost trust in her, and Eri tells her that Kogoro passed out immediately when they went to the hotel. So no love was had. (laughs) Oh, well. I mean, I, I I wouldn't have expected it anyways. But, I mean, Eri was kind enough to go and help Kogoro out. So, you're right, there is some sort of affection still there. Eri tells Ron to choose her man carefully, and that's when Kogoro tells Shinichi to choose his wife carefully. Ho ho ho! These two old lovebirds. Will they ever get along? Shinichi's like, don't give me advice, Kogoro, please. Back in the white room, Ron says that the only thing that's clear is that Kogro is the worst. Very true. <laughs> that, that's the moral of today's case. Kogro says his acting helped them solve the case, and Shinichi enters lipstick on the screen to go into the next white room. The next date is May 31st, and they see a white dress in the room. 
Shinichi says it's the dress of the bride whose wedding didn't work out due to Kogoro, of all people. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Kogoro is the worst. Yeah, we get a preview for the next case, which is the perfect crime. The notice of a murder at a wedding. Reveal the mystery of the locked room poisoning trick. I love how long these are. Yeah, these are like night uh, light novel titles. So, what'd you think about episode three of the live action drama? Um, it was totally out of whack. Like this was such a bizarre case, but also uh, entertaining. I actually quite like this one um, compared to some of the other live action episodes we've covered so far. Like the finger gun thing was totally far fetched, unrealistic. But hey, that's not really why I'm watching this show. Um, I'm watching it for the characters. And um, like we talked about, there's it's really hard to play detective along with Shinichi and actually solve the mystery when um, you're not given all of the information. Like if they had perhaps shown us that uh, the prosecutor was somehow involved with the Peach Peach Bar or whatever that place was called, um, then maybe we could have made the connection as an audience, but... Um, I think it might have been... They showed, like, a newspaper of them. It might have been on the newspaper. I'm not 100% oh, sure. Oh, I, I did so not catch that It might have been there for, like, one second, possibly. But, okay. yeah, it wasn't something where they harped on it or anybody that was, like, normally watching would have noticed. Yeah, like, I was expecting maybe, like, an opening scene, sort of similar to i guess maybe the first episode where you actually saw um the photographer murder that girl and then you'd know okay well it was him and you could try and piece together the mystery but here it's just okay let's just follow along what shinichi's planning because that whole thing with him and airy i was like i didn't even realize that there was some exchange of secret messages there um i thought shinichi was just really adamant that she had done it for some reason um but yeah Despite all that, I uh, I still enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, like, my main issue with the case for so long was that, like, man, Shinichi and Eri are both acting so out of character. But once you pick up on the, oh, we had a secret <laughs> line of dialogue, we tipped <laughs> each other off, and only us knew, and then you can kind of, <laughs> like, okay, so that's why they were acting that way. And with, with that in mind, I really liked the case. I thought Kogoro was hilarious in it. As he always is, the live-action Kagura just, he rolls, simply. Uh, I thought, the mystery, I, I mean, I was like, how the hell did they shoot a gun? So, I was curious to see what the gun was, and it was like, like you said, like some James Bond bullshit, so that was funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I liked the I liked the case, I thought it was fun. Yeah, so, um, I guess uh, we're gonna move on to the anime episode now. Well, before we do that, let's give thanks to our patrons over on Patreon. Uh, we also have a new Patreon, Harrison Leong. And uh, they told me, uh, I messaged them on uh, the Patreon uh, service, and they said that, like, I guess when they got back into the series, they kind of just skipped to where, like, Country Rule was, which was, like, episode 600 or whatever. So they had missed out on so much... Uh, Conan and they've been enjoying our podcast as they get caught back up going through like the stuff that they missed so I thought that was cool oh that's so awesome yeah it well it really helps that you uh give a breakdown of the episode 
Um, so it does save some time in watching it, I guess. Or I guess maybe it, it ends up. No, being the same we get longer. Time. We get longer sometimes. <laughs> That's so episode. true. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. We do not save anybody time. Yeah, like we we just spent 35 minutes talking about that drama episode, which was 29 minutes. We do not save anybody time. Our recaps take longer than the. Hey, we watched it, so you don't have to. Yeah, so shout out to Harrison for joining. We thank you for the support. And we also have to give thanks to our real OGs, the one holding it down as the top two tiers on our Patreon. I want to give a shout out to medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and Big Chief Mason. Uh, Thank you guys very much. Yes, thank you. I don't think I'd have the motivation to do my notes every week if it wasn't for, like, now I have an obligation. I'm like, ugh, I have to do it. It's true. It's true. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys. We show up every week because of you guys. Wow. You show up. Sometimes I'm like, ugh, I can't do my notes. I'm just gonna (laughs) edit something together. (laughs) So, let's move on to the anime. Episode 175, The Man Who Was Killed Four Times. Air date, January 10th, 2000. Econin's hint is hard-headed Ginta's head. <laughs> um, wh- how do we feel about this hint? It's perfect. Yeah? <laughs> I guess... Yeah, it, it works fine, it's fine. Econin <laughs> says, Today is a surprising murder using one's head and heart to solve the mystery. It's all about the head. Well, there is a a bit of a heart uh, component to it as well. So I, I can see what they're doing here. The episode begins with Kogoro chowing down on a train with Ron and Conan next to him. He's helping out Inspector Songo Yokomizo, who says that it involves the famous actor Komiyama Taiji. And Kogoro spits his rice out of his mouth, and it goes right into the face of Yokomizo after learning of Kamiyama's death. Oh, lovely. He's, Yokomiza's like, uh, this happened three days ago. Did you not hear about this? It's kind of big news. <laughs> Kogoro only reads the newspaper when he needs to find out which horse won the latest race. Yeah, Yokomiza says the case became confusing after three people confessed to the murder. However, they weren't working together. Two hours before Kamiyama's performance... A 55-year-old actor named Suda Hideo entered his dressing room and found him clutching his chest. The actor, 58, died two hours prior and a wound was found on his head. They started investigating and they questioned the three other actors there. The first, Kazumata Kingo, wanted Kamiyama's spot in the play while Nikura Yumiko was being forced to go out with Kamiyama. Finally, Hashino Haruyuki has feelings for Yumiko and hated Kamiyama because of how he was acting towards her. Every time you say his name, I think of Kamehameha. I know. (laughs) Sounds a lot like it. (laughs) After questioning them, all three people confessed to murdering Mr. Kamehameha. (laughs) So, a lot of K names again. So Katsumata says that Kamiyama <laughs> burst into his room yelling and that he seemed drunk as he was swaying. He found Katsumata reading his script and he said he'd die before giving up his part to his understudy. 
After ripping the script in half and throwing it at Katsumata, the actor snapped, and that's when he hit Kamiyama in the head with a vase. After knocking him out, he dragged Kamiyama to the dressing room and hoped that it would make his wife seem suspicious, (laughs) as they weren't getting along and they had fights backstage. Well, now I can't stop thinking about Kamehameha. Meanwhile, Hashino says he killed Kamehameha. <laughs> no! Colleen, <laughs> you've ruined me. <laughs> it's better this way. So Hashino says he killed Kamehameha after the actor had burst into his room to tell him that Nikura Yumiko is mine. After being pushed to the wall, Hashino grabbed a vase and hit Kam- Kamehameha with it. He then dragged the body to the old man's room. He doesn't regret what he did, as with these hands I rescued Yumiko from that poisonous insect. So oh, what I think a I'm hero. just gonna call him I think I'm just gonna call him insect for the for the rest of this episode. <laughs> that works. Finally, Kamayama also burst into the room of Yumiko. He tried to grope her, which caused her to grab a vase and then hit him in the back of the head again. Everybody's hitting this dude in the back of the head. He really is hard at it. He really is. And that vase is so durable. No, it's it's all different faces. They're just very similar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then why, why are there three vases? They're not moving this vase. They're not moving one vase <laughs> to each of these rooms. That makes so much more sense. I thought it was the same one over and over again. However, she doesn't know why the body was moved. Not helping matters is is that the police found traces of impact upon the victim's head from all three vases, not one vase, three <laughs> vases. Yokomizo then hands over a huge police report and asks for a deduction tomorrow morning. And Kagura is like, oh my god, this is so much. But he's like, you know what? I'll get through it and have something ready by the morning. Conan starts looking at it, and he says that the picture looks strange. Without even looking at it, Kagura says nothing is strange, and he hits Conan on the head. I love this. <laughs> and Of course we need the head bop. It's like Conan knew he was going to get hit, because he uses that for his, uh, his clue here. He starts holding his head, and he says, Huh, it's strange that Kamiyama is clutching his chest instead. And that's when Yokomizu says the direct cause of death was his heart, and says he had a history of heart problems. According to Suda, Kamiyama had a heart attack the morning he died and used medicine for it. We later learn that the medicine bottle was empty when the police found it. Conan doesn't believe that Kamiyama would let the medicine run out if his life depended on it. Yokomizu then gets a phone call and apologizes to Kogoro, saying that they no longer have until the next day, that they need a deduction as soon as they reach the scene. And then instantly, they arrive at the scene. <laughs> so this whole thing with Yokomizo enlisting Kogoro for help, it's like, I felt like Yokomizo was just, you know, cheating, like on a test or getting Kogoro <laughs> to do his homework for him. They then arrive and meet Kamiyama's wife, Atsuko. He was walking with Suda. I thought this was going to be a big deal, like Suda and Atsuko were having an affair or something like that. But that didn't actually happen. No, I, this episode was too short to go into any sort of, like, subplots. Yeah, what do you think about how this was set up? We got so much information on this train ride, which consisted of kind of like flashbacks via testimony. I kind of liked how it was, uh, how all the information was conveyed. 
thought it made for a real snappy episode. Yeah, it was definitely different. For sure, yeah. It was uh, a different sort of take on what we usually see. So Atsuko wants the items that the police are keeping as evidence, and uh, she yells at Yokomizo. Kone then runs off after them and says he's going to the restroom. And Koguro tries to run in a totally different direction. He's like, I need to get to the restroom too. <laughs> but Yokomizo grabs like, him and stops him in his tracks. He's not even going towards the building. It's so good. He's like going, I don't know, to get a taxi <laughs> or something. We then see Kenan ask Suda about the heart issue Kamiyama had that morning. God, it really is like Kamiyama. <laughs> That's all I think about when I say it now. He says they were talking in the hotel dining room and Suda warned him about continua- continuing acting with his medical condition. Kamiyama then got worked up and grabbed his chest. He then took his medicine, of which he had several left. The attack faded after he uh, ingested it and Conan is able to figure out the real culprit with this information. Conan then poses as Kogro over the phone. I always wonder what people would do if they <laughs> walked in on the scene of Kogro's voice coming from the <laughs> small child. I mean... Because he uses public phones that aren't very private very often. It's true. Um, and it's not just Kogro's voice. He's done it with his own, like Shinichi's voice. I'm not sure if he's yeah. used Maguire. Yeah, I think he's called Kogro on a Pugbook phone. Oh, yeah, he calls Kogro. That's a classic Maguire. thing. Or yeah. Maguire. Megure. Wow, I'm using the dub names now. <laughs> That'd be amazing if he used the Brooklyn accent. <laughs> it's going to happen. And Kogro would be like, what? what? Why are you speaking in English? I don't understand a word that you're saying. What's that accent you're doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he calls uh, the police and gets them to check something. Meanwhile, Yokomizo pleads with Kogoro to give his deduction early as his boss wants to see him in action. What a dumb reason for... He's just trying to impress the boss here. Yeah, I. this part was a little like, why bother having Songo in this case? Like, why just to have an excuse to go somewhere else? Like, I don't know. They needed a train. Entirely necessary. <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's not i yeah. guess it really isn't so conan says kegro shouldn't keep everybody waiting and he should apologize and let's see like pats him on the back which is when he puts the speaker on his back kegro gets fired <laughs> up and he says he'll solve the case and he enters the room and then he immediately realizes that he made a mistake so he begins by stalling and he's like i'm gonna tell you all why i became a detective <laughs> Yes, it's presentation day now, just to follow up on my analogy. Like, Kogoro did not do the homework very well, and now he has to present it on Songo's behalf, and he's just not doing a good job. Yekamiza's boss grows impatient, and he asks for the deduction. is just embarrassing himself, and even Ron's looking away. She's like, oh my god, my dad. And Kenan <laughs> says to himself... I guess there won't even be the usual stupid deduction that he does. And so he knocks out Kegger with the wrist dart. I'm so glad that Conan said that because it gave me a reason to like to understand why Conan was stalling. I was just like, why didn't he just do it, like, shoot him with the dart right away? He says Kamiyama was killed three times after going into each room. While Katsumata thought Kamiyama was drinking due to his swaying movement, that's unlikely with his heart condition. He was swaying because he had already been hit by somebody. 
Next is the Hoshino's confession, which is strange as he randomly went into the room threatening him about Yumiko. The actual order is that he went to Yumiko's room first, got dumped, and hit in the head. He woke up and and that's when he threatened Hoshino. That happened again, and he was dragged into his own room by Hoshino. And Kegura says, I supposed he had a pretty hard head. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then the third... And the third incident then happens in Katsumata's room. And that's when Katsumata's like, well, see, I told you I did it. Uh, well, well, that's too bad. But Kagura corrects him. He says, Kamiyama can't be underestimated as he was found holding his chest, not his head. That means he actually got up from that third attack. And that's when he had a heart attack after regaining consciousness again. However, somebody has, had taken what was in his medicine bottle and killed him that way. Kagura says that after the heart attack, Kamiyama took a shower to get the sweat off his body. That gave his wife a chance to tinker with the bottle. She agrees that she's suspicious due to having the opportunity, but there's no evidence that she emptied the bottle. Kagura says it wasn't empty, and Kamiyama would have sought help from somebody if it was. Instead, there was a different type of medicine in the container, and he ate that instead. However, the heart attack didn't stop, and he died because of it. And that's when Yokomizo gets a phone call, and it's the lab, and they say, yeah, Kamiyama took stomach medicine. So that's what Conan had called under Kogura's voice earlier. So it's nice to get that uh, paid off. Yeah, um, I'm glad, because sometimes you don't see that payoff. Atsuko says that is what she always takes, and Kogura reveals that he had Kamiyama's medicine bottle checked out to look for any unnatural substance. Atsuka admits to the crime and says that if everybody didn't hit him so much, it would have ended with a sudden heart attack and the police wouldn't have been so involved. I love that comment. It's like a Scooby-Doo speech, but she's like, if y'all didn't hit him, I would have gotten away with it. After the ending song, Kogoro is thanked for his deduction and Yukimizo asks when Kogoro had the container checked. And of course, Kogoro had no clue it was checked, but... (laughs) His amazing hubris, he looks at him and he says, that is, of course, classified. And he starts wagging his finger, saying, no, boy, you're not getting that That's answer. so brilliant. I'm still going to use because... that next time. I don't know something. Oh, sorry, that's a secret. That rolled. And Karen is just like, you just didn't know about it. But he, <laughs> he's glad that, because Kogu was like, oh, uh, Conan was like, oh, shit. He, he asked him about that. But of course, Kogoro is going to come up with something silly. I love that Kogoro's clever enough to come up with this kind of BS, but he can't come up with like a half decent deduction to even like lie about like earlier on when everyone else was in the room, but he this came to him rather quickly. Oh yeah, he's very quick-witted even if he's not uh crime-witted. <laughs> That's good. So, the next Conan's hint is Transmitter, and we learn that next time, we're going back to the Black Organization, and Conan says, next time we'll finally be the Black Organization, and Ron says, Conan, you're not allowed to drink, and Conan says, yes ma'am, so I guess he was trying to turn back into Shinichi by drinking some alcohol. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, what is this getting at, because of all the alcohol code names but no you said makes sense so yeah it's a a three-part episode next time 
It's a reunion with the Black Organization, and we will be doing all three in one ep- uh, one podcast. Uh, hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah, we're getting some plot next time. Look at that. Yeah. The plots are... Uh, the first episode subtitled Hybera, so you'll love that. The second one is subtitled Conan, and the third one is subtitled The Resolution. So, big case next time. Very cool. Yep. <laughs> well, I guess we have to get ready for it. Alright, so what'd you think about the man who was killed four times? You know, this might be like a guilty pleasure case for me. It's not, I mean, it's an anime original, so there's only so much you can expect from it, but the premise of this episode really worked for me. Um, We were talking about, you know, how they ordered the episode with like, uh, we got flashbacks uh, instead of actually meeting the characters or whatnot but I would have been actually fine if they showed it in chronological order and even uh, extended it to a two-parter and we got a little bit more backstory and uh, fleshed out the characters a little bit more um, I think it could have been done su- successfully that way as well but I'm fine with how it uh, was presented to us um, regardless I think it was a solid case uh, in my book at least <laughs> Yeah, I really liked it. It just felt different from everything else. Uh, it's a really solid anime original, like you said. I liked seeing uh, Yokomise there. Uh, like you said, it could have been literally anybody. <laughs> but it was cool to like see them go out and visit them, uh, take the train ride. And due to the train ride, it's, it's why we got the information through, like, here's what we already did. And it was kind of a big info dump at the beginning. Uh, so I liked that change of pace and... I like how Yokomisa's boss is so unimportant that he doesn't get a name or anything, but he's the whole reason for this case. <laughs> he says has like such a basic character design too, just like your generic police chief or whatever his um title was. Yeah, he's balding. <laughs> Superintendent. Um, the detective Conan Wiki um notes that the uh the culprit didn't provide a motive for why they uh killed Kamehameha or whatever, Komiyama. Um, what do you mean? Like, his, she, her husband was cheating on her. He's, like, this terrible dude. Like, no wonder yeah, she wanted him. Yeah, so there. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty obvious why she would want to do that. Um, even though, like, you don't have to get it spoon-fed to you. <laughs> she didn't. There, there doesn't have to be, like, this big confession as to why she did it. Like, you could see he was a jerk. Yeah, and plus, like, he had a lot of money. He was... He was a famous actor, so he's going to have money, and he was cheating around on her, so she wants to move on with her life. Yeah. Like, that's not some weird thing. Yeah, I, I absolutely disagree with them noting it as trivia. As they, they didn't have a motive here, just because they didn't do the, like, 20-second <laughs> thing where, like, I killed them because, like, right. that doesn't mean she didn't have... motive's very clear. That's silly. Yeah, I thought this was a good change of pace here. I liked it. And, uh, yeah, so two fun episodes this time, Colleen. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, both bangers. Yeah, so we'll be back next week with more. You can follow us on the Twitter at case underscore reopen. We're on Patreon if you want even more episodes. We put out three bonuses a month. Uh, that's patreon.com slash case reopened, no underscore. So check that out if you want some more bonus content. 
And uh, that'll do it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.